Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. This episode of the Catalyst podcast features Dr. Marwa Haza. She is very interesting. Not only did she grow up in Egypt, but then emigrated to the U.S., completed her residency, and then now she moved back to Egypt. She has helped patients across the world. She ran a practice in New Jersey, New York, and also travels now to her home in Egypt half of the time of the year. Now, more than just location, 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 Dr. Marwa is a woman of inspiration, You'll hear how she views life as an opportunity to learn and create new worlds that open up. She services her patients in group visits. You'll hear how she, at the cutting edge of the COVID pandemic, was able to help her community in New York and New Jersey with simple lifestyle changes. She isn't as much of a physician as she is a guide and inspiration and professor teaching her communities how they can knit together their own tapestry of health. And I was inspired after talking with her. I I think we could have talked for hours, but enjoy this treat. This interview with Dr. Marwa will leave you inspired to think of life differently and catalyzing your own steps. Oh, this next person is a treat. Dr. Marwa Haza is a close catalyst friend. She is the epitome of let's just build it and I will arrive. I will come. She is a firecracker, has a license, not just in the U.S., um, but also is in Egypt and actually talking with me right now. You can't see it because you're listening, but she's in balmy weather and I'm very very jealous. Um, But I'm excited to share her story. We're going to have a great conversation. She's somebody definitely you would want to know um, in this space of functional and holistic medicine. So thank you for coming on the Catalyst podcast, Dr. Marwa. Oh, thank you for having me, Laura. It's my joy to be um, with the same-minded group and talk to our patients. Uh, It's definitely joyful. It is joyful. Yes. And you bring so much energy to the group. You're thoughtful, you're inquisitive, and you embody a lot of the same values that a lot of our catalyst mentees have, which is you're action oriented. You know, you think about things, but then you make a decision. And sometimes you force yourself into a decision. We got to do something to move forward. You're very momentum driven, which I love. And I think all of our mentees in Catalyst Studio agree that, you know, change is uncomfortable and healthcare is changing. And either we are going to be pulled and dragged along, or we can actually be at the front of that change. And you're showing how you're daring to be at the front of that change in not just one country, but two. So tell me a little bit about your personal journey. So my personal journey started, um, you know, as a, as a child who just wanted to be a doctor. So since the age of three, everyone asking me, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? What I never changed my mind. I never hesitated. 
my only hesitation was the moments I was studying in high school. And I'm trying, well, am I going to make it up to medical school? Will I be able to get the grades to put me into medical school? That was the only hesitation I had. Um, so I joined uh, medical school. Like if I had missed one degree, I wouldn't have joined medical school. <laughs> one grade, I mean. <laughs> so I just joined medical school. So I joined medical school. I graduated out of Cairo University um, in Egypt. Um, it was a wonderful experience because we have less tool and less um, faci- you know, facilities to work with. So mm-hmm. we have to depend more on our clinical sense and our judgment mm-hmm. and um, a lot of great bedside stuff I've learned. Um, I did completed my residency also at Cairo University with a master's degree in hematology. And um, because I am a big dreamer, I always wanted to immigrate to the U.S. and become the doctor in America. <laughs> so uh, with that passion, I um, decided, you know, to continue studying and I did my USMLEs and was able to immigrate to the U.S. Wow. Where I started my residency program in the biggest city in the world, New York City. My yes. The love of my life. Yes. Um, you know, if I make it here, I make it anywhere. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So I, I joined one of the programs of Mount Sinai School of Medicine. Um, I successfully completed the three years of residency uh, and became board certified in internal medicine uh, in spite of my car accident. And um, I was able, um, you know, to start practicing. I did a few years as a hospitalist, which was a great experience, um, and then into primary care. And whether in both situations, I kept asking myself a question um, when patients come to me and they say, am I going to be like this for the rest of my life? In the first First few years I was practicing, yeah, but there are medication to control your situation and this and that. But then later, as I grew up medically, um, age-wise, everything, uh, my wisdom drove me to ask a different, try to find a different answer. Maybe there is something we can do. Maybe we can change this trajectory. Maybe you don't have to keep taking these medications for the rest of the life. I kept digging, searching, looking for nutrition courses, this and that, until I found the Institute of Functional Medicine. I, until I found first functional medicine. Yes. And, and then I had to make a decision with which uh, institution I want to go to. And I, I found the Institute of Functional Medicine. I think it's the most, um, the one with the most credentials, the one with the most um, oldest. Um, and um, so I, right away, I applied for the membership. Um, it just took me really the first two minutes listening to Mark Hyman. Mm-hmm. Didn't it didn't yeah. take longer. So right. I, I think up- you and I, we talked about this, that a lot yeah. of us find ourselves, whether it's, you know, IFM or School of Applied Functional Medicine, any kind of functional platform, you get in there for 90 seconds and you hear what what they do and how they look and approach a patient case. And it's like, you're hooked, right? You're yes, like, where yes. has this been? I feel like you, you especially have impressed me with your clinical discernment. And in, in that time of COVID, you were chosen by IFM to talk about the things you did when you mentioned growing up in Egypt, Egypt and having limited facilities that you really had to develop the physical exam skills and the listening and the history taking that unfortunately in some of our healthcare systems has gone to the wayside. It's very cookbook and very, you know, dogmatic, but you've kept that. And that has really helped your patients in New Jersey, I think, and New York, both. Didn't you practice 
in both. Yes. Yes. And you brought a lot of that into the COVID and, you know, pandemic and helped a lot of patients change that trajectory. Just like what you mentioned, helping them do things that was cost-effective. Not only are you listening and taking history and using your exam skills, but you're really trying to help things in a practical way. I mean, and so would you mind speaking a little bit about that? I thought that was really amazing what you did. Uh, about my COVID experience. Yeah, just a little bit. You don't have to go in detail, but just like, yeah, tell uh, me like how, how you worked through all of that. So I'm, I consider myself very lucky uh, because I was studying for my IFMCP, my IFM certification at the same time that the COVID, uh, uh, the COVID pandemic hit. Oh, we had the shutdown in March and I was supposed to take the exam in April. Oh my goodness. Uh, we were the first cohort to have a proctor exam, an online exam. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I had to lock myself in the room. My kids were banging on the door and it was, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you imagine uh, trying to take an exam while you're, or where you're, it's the first time you're doing When they're asking for peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> and you're, uh, and you're, uh, you know, trying to study for an exam while you are doing telehealth for the first time in your life with patients who are critical during a COVID pandemic and homeschooling yourself. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Bless so, you. Uh, but I was lucky because I was studying for that time at my IFM or if I, and I learned through IFM the idea and the principle of inflammation. So the concept of inflammation Uh, You know, with the concept, if you understand, if you have inflammation in your body and how the cytokine storm works, because that's how functional medicine is handling all the chronic illnesses. Right. So you can apply that to any, anything else. So we know, so no, we know through through the functional medicine that we will have, if I have inflammation, I can have endothelial dysfunction. I know if I have inflammation, I will consume my nutrients pretty quick. I know what nutrients I need to lower my inflammations and what things I need that will increase my inflammation load and what things I can do to lower my inflammation load. I love this. So, yeah. So the first day, I was not yet sure of how the disease even course goes. So I realized that it's not if it, I realized that usually people are fine in the first few days. And when that when the cytokine storm peaks by day five to seven, is that when you are going to start seeing the chest pain, the shortness of breath, right. and all the horrible things. So I learned that I got to start early on to prevent the cytokine storm from happening. So I had to um, tell patients like, you got to start, you're going you're gonna to take away all simple sugars. Decrease your carb, focus more on proteins and fats and increase your fiber intake. On the other hand, um, I started early on giving, um, just because what I learned through IFM, vitamin D, C, uh, zinc, uh, uh, selenium, um, quercetin, turmeric, uh, whatever the patient can find. Again, I I am working, um, I would say 60% of the patients I work with in the tri-state area are... um, um, of, I don't know how to put it, of low to mid socioeconomic sure, status right. and education status. So there's a lot of education that has to be done. Number one, number two, you gotta, te- you gotta, um, uh, you know, adjust things according to their, uh, economic, uh, yes. and financial abilities. 
Correct. So sometimes I tell, you know what, you can't find that brand. Well, you can substitute with this brand, but let's get something better than nothing. Yes. That's better than so nothing. practical about what you did for your patients is you're blowing out of the water, the paradigm that unfortunately functional medicine has grown up feeling like this elite, okay, you have to have the Cadillac or the Ferrari of everything. And you're saying, listen, something's better than nothing. I've got to help my patients. And not only that, but this is why I love what you did is you were studying for your exam. I mean, you're still putting it together. And this is proving that you can start helping patients before any certification. I mean, you're putting that language of functional medicine to good use while you're studying for an exam. It was just so amazing what you did. One of the very catalyst moments that that really helped uh, me um, improve the outcome was that my colleague called me on the second day of the pandemic or the, the first few days of the pandemic. He's saying, I spoke yesterday to my patient and he uh, he was doing fine and he was able to talk to me. And then after a few hours, his wife called me. And by the time he was in the ER, he was dead. Aww. This is a He was a 60 something diabetic, hypertensive Right, um, metabolic syndrome, typical, oh, metabolic typical syndrome. American. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was, <laughs> wasn't, he wasn't American. He was his Asian origin, but what I mean, unfortunately, what, are our American problems. Yes. Unfortunately, yeah. Yes. So, uh, so then, uh, so this, I when I hanged up, I said, "This is not hypoxia. This mm-hmm. hypoxia will take time. This is mm-hmm. either acute MI, a myocardial infarction, or acute pulmonary embolism." Mm-hmm. That's the only two reasons right. I would die suddenly. So yes. Pulmonary embolism, if it takes a big chunk of the lung, that's it. And the myocardial infarction, if it takes a big artery and a big part of the, lo- uh, the heart, the, ha- the muscle won't, pee- won't pump. And that's, yes. that's it. So this made me go back. Oh, yeah, we know inflammation will cause intercellular dysfunction. So I started early on before all these data came out. Patients on low risk patients to be on everybody to be on aspirin. Even the twenty year old female, I put it her on aspirin. Oh my goodness! You were putting those pieces together. That's amazing. Yes, and those who I know for have a higher risk, and like for example, somebody I know who has uh, paraproteinemia, I put it him on lovenox. Uh, like people were put either on aspirin big dose or lovenox. I didn't take chances on the anticoagulation. Anticoagulation was like a very important piece in my. Mm-hmm. In my and those who even had mild symptoms in the first few days, I started steroids. Wow! Um, even med- medral dose pack or prednisone depends on where uh, what the risks are. I learned through experience that asthmatic, the medral dose pack is not enough. You have to put, put high dose prednisone mm-hmm. because what I saw is that when you start this early on, you prevent the cytokine storm from happening. If you wait, then you are just taking your chances of how things will go. Yes, you're um, getting ahead of it. Just much yeah. like life, like what you're doing now, you're getting ahead of the progression of healthcare and you're doing it. <laughs> We're trying. Yeah, I think all I think uh, all the um, functional medicine um, uh, group in general are people who are getting out of their comfort zone to do something new and yes. they are they're just trying their best in spite of all the challenges. You're right. You said this perfectly in, in the way that what you did for your patients on that small scale is a very good analogy and metaphor for what we are trying to do for functional medicine. It used to be behind this glass wall for the elite, or it was such long visits. I mean, I've talked with some practitioners, two, three hour intake visits because they comb through timelines. And sometimes 
we have to understand that change takes time. Just like you said, our bodies take time and we can't unload all of our knowledge in one visit to that patient. You and I both know you might have somebody walk in the door and you already have an idea of the things that you're suspicious of and the things that you want to teach them. But if we were to sit down and teach them and start from the ground zero all the way up to now, it would be a day long affair. So what you're doing is helping people see that in small ways we can teach lessons and have group visits that distill out little tiny doses that's regular to help them understand how to dip their toe into this lifestyle and get more comfortable. Um, What would you say is a big impactful thing that you felt you overcame in your comfort zone? Because I know it's not easy to to do some of this stuff. You know, conventional medicine does not teach us about group visits or or teaching through videos. So what what was something that was especially uncomfortable for you? Um, Uncomfortable. Uh, You seem pretty comfortable. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like I was willing, I was, um, I was willing to explore with patients what they have, what, what's, you know, because, you know, it's so hard to, to do what's wrong after you learned what's right. Oh my goodness. You found what is right. So you have to um, do what's right. You cannot keep doing what's wrong. You cannot keep telling somebody I will prescribe. You need to take statins. Although, you know, it doesn't change your LDL particle size and so forth. So you have to really um, do what's right. Um, I got to say something. The first time I tried to explore the idea of the elimination diet, it was like, (laughs) I got all these (laughs) reactions. I said, forget (laughs) it. This is not going to work. So what I did is I, the people I really wanted to use functional medicine with and where my passion is and where my passion has always been in my journey in medicine is young women with autoimmune disease. Beautiful. It's so heartbreaking for me Mm -hmm. since I started my residency, even back in Cairo, my first few days in medical school to see these beautiful, gorgeous, amazing young women suffering from autoimmune disease. I had rushed people with lupus pericarditis and tamponade. Uh, I had rushed people to with acute lupus nephritis for dialysis, um, cerebritis trying to commit suicide. I, I have seen all these all the suffering happening. And um, that was my passion. Initially, I thought, okay, with monoclonal antibodies and chemotherapy and this and that and bone marrow transplant, we can help these people. But that's not the, I figured out that wasn't the correct answer and the correct answer was in functional medicine. Right. So so the thing is the first group I started to approach in my primary care practice with um, approaching them with functional medicine were a group of women who all were the same thing in common was um, autoimmune disease. Uh, mixed connective tissue disorder, psoriatic arthritis, um, and all different kinds of arthritis. So I, when I got this reaction from them, I said, okay, you know what? I decided to do the group visit. So I backed and it was, I met Dr. Mark Hyman at that time in 2019, I think in New York city. And he encouraged me. He said, he can do it. You can do it through the insurance. It's not a big deal. And I put it together, me and my uh, office manager, and we were able to group those six women together. It was the beginning. Um, and just it took me the first first visit. I saw a transformation happening. Oh they, they were like inspired. They encouraged each other. They yes. felt they're not alone in this journey. They were having other colleagues and mates. Like like when we're in the, we're in the catalyst group, we feel like mm-hmm. I'm not alone. There's other people too. Right. And we're both- holding each other hand and we're, yes. you know, we're, you know, encouraging each other. So that's the same thing. They felt they were not alone. And um, one of the things I did when I 
started learning IFM is that I did the elimination diet myself mm -hmm. to be able to, com to convince people and to be able to do it. And I went through the challenges myself for how to stop the caffeine, how to do this, how to do that. And it was so powerful and empowering to me, to them, to everybody. We were doing it together. As a beautiful. Group. They That's created beautiful. a WhatsApp group among themselves. They were all able to complete the elimination diet. I um I will never forget one of my patients who figured that gluten was her sensitivity. She was able to stop her anti-seizure medication gradually ah! over six months. Yes. Oh my goodness. It That's was, gotta make your heart glow. That is. It was gluten sensitivity, uh, stressful situation she went through in life. So so the treatment was basically withdrawing gluten, yoga, and alpha lipoic acid supplementation. Oh my goodness. And how beautiful <laughs> and what you did. You, you gifted them this magic of community and of learning new things about their body. They never really had time. Most of us just go on with blinders in life, not realizing that yes. influences can influence our inflammation. And yeah. you gave her such a gift. That's really beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> what I love what you said about the autoimmune specifically in young women. I, I, I share that with you. It's a shame. You know, I remember residency seeing the dialysis, you know, the waiting for transplants, all these things. And, you know, when they talk about heroes, like a firefighter going towards the burning building, I feel like that's what functional medicine practitioners are. We go towards the toughest patients, you know, we go towards that fire saying, but we can help, you know, let, let us help you, you know, at least that's the thing that I love about functional medicine. Is it it never promises a cure, but man, when you start decreasing inflammation, you start to see people getting off of medications and suddenly you can say things like it's been reversed or it is in remission. And that's it's really exciting. It's controlled. Mm -hmm. I like to use the word controlled. I like to, too. I don't like promises of saying things are cured. I don't think anybody knows, but I like, no, control. because we know, we know they have the genetic predisposition. Correct. And we know if they went back into the wrong environment again, they will just have it again. Correct. Correct. Right. And so these group visits are so great because it gives that energy that is not something you could prescribe, not something that is you worry about being covered under your insurance formulary, but this group feeling is, is something you can't describe that it no. gives that, that assurance that you aren't alone and you understand someone else's journey without even having to talk to them because they're right there and they're interested in the same topics. Yes. Um, and so with the shutdown, we, I had to figure a way. So I went and I created that on, on uh, doxy.me. We were using doxy.me as a platform in our primary care practice. So I went in, we created doxy.me. And the first one we did was about the COVID vaccine. <laughs> crazy time of that. <laughs> yes, the right. All the memories, all the memories. <laughs> how it works, what happens, what's going on and everything. Um, wow. and, um, and I, uh, planning to host another one soon here, um, again, um, and now I'm planning next month for a diabetes group visit for our diabetic patients. Uh, we're going to be hosting beautiful. one in English and one in Spanish. Wow. So we're going to be is like, beautiful. Yeah. That, that's so wonderful. You speak so many languages and that's the thing is you embody that perseverance. And I think that's what draws patients to you. And every practitioner has their own personality and skills and tools that will draw patients to them. And your ability to persevere and doing the work with the patient, we are like their guide. You know, we're not the authoritarian physician that we were trained to be just to, to cast down the judgment and say, 
well, here's the pill you need to take. But we're saying, listen, this is going to help you. I'm here to guide you because the work ultimately resides with the patient, right? Whether they want to lift up their fork with the good stuff or not so good stuff. And you're there holding that space for them saying, I'm here to work with you if you'd like, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, I just love it. And, and the fact that you're trying to make this as accessible to, you know, as low cost, which is key practitioners burnout, you know, we, even though we are passionate about what we do, we could be over delivering and just kind of dying on the sword of our own demise. And by saying, Hey, I'm here to work with you, but also in a group setting helps you reach more people. I think that's, that's very true. Amazing. Um, very what true. would, what would you say if you had a magic wand, what would you like there to be different in the teaching and training of our medical practitioners? Uh, the teaching and the, the teacher, yeah, definitely that needs to be changed. Um, I would, it's, we are more pharma driven. Mm-hmm. Our teaching is all pharma. We, we learn the physiology and how it changes to pathology and mm-hmm. we learn pharmacology and, and then we get stuck there. And then in the final years of medical school, we're just learning pharmacology, pharmacology, pharmacology. Mm-hmm. We are not learning how we, I mean, pharmacology is important. We need those medications. Mm-hmm. If I am having an acute heart attack or stroke, I want a pharmacology. I don't want to, yes. I don't have time. Yes. I don't have time. But we cannot keep getting stuck at that point. We have to work upstream. We have to teach our medical residents and our trainee how we can go back and work on the pathology and why it happened and what's going on exactly in the model of functional medicine. I agree. So, I think that's And brilliant. I think if that changed, a lot of things will change, but it's um, the effect of uh, the big pharma oh. is, is, is infiltrating is not just into our practice. It's into the medical school teachings. Agreed. It's undeniable how everything is structured, you know, from day one of medical school and how interesting it would be to fantasize about a system that almost had tracks where if you were more interested in acute pathology versus chronic, you know, and we start to see this supportive, you know, bridge that says, listen, you know, chronic disease is a burden of biochemistry and physiology and inflammation and all of these things. By the time they're already getting a hemoglobin A1C of eight, you know, we've missed the boat already. And unfortunately, this is this is the problem. I think we've built a system of training that doesn't really support our what has happened with our population and the choices we made with the way our food is supplied and big pharma commercials in the middle of Super Bowl telling our patients that they just need to get another, a different immunology medication to deal with their autoimmune disease, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You don't see that. You don't see uh, commercials about broccoli or no, quercetin, you're never right? you you will see the commercials about with the Pepsi Cola and the uh and the <laughs> and yeah. Dunkin Donuts and on the other hand you will see uh the commercials about this Priva and uh yes. uh, Viberzi and all these medications um yeah yes. and I um, and, and it, it, even in our schools I remember in high school and this is in the 90s we had a vending machine that had candy and soda and I loved Starburst. That was just like a regular thing. I loved candy. And I was so mad when I'll never forget sophomore year of high school, they took that vending machine away. And I thought, well, that's all right. We can have our candy. And they said, this is not healthy. And in my young sophomore mind, I thought, well, who are you to say what's healthy for me? I love my candy. But this is the the general culture that we live in. It's just that ah, it's sweets. It doesn't make a difference because I'm young and, and I don't feel any different. 
But imagine if we could help people early on, what you're doing is you're teaching these young women who eventually are young mothers who are going to be having generations of healthier people because of what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, and I want to ask you a few more things. What would you say? Um, but if, I want to catch up something here. Oh, please, I, go. I'm, I succeeded with a lot of people outside my home, but my kids forget my son must get the Starburst or he has a fit. And my yes. daughter, she adores the Starbucks and she's <laughs> my good, my daughter's a good bake. bake. So we awesome. try to do healthier recipes, but she's still, uh, no, I, you know what? And That's another good. thing, it's not about just what you eat. Yes. It's about how you feel. It's your yes. stress. It's oh. how happy you are. You might, you know, it's wrong. We know it's going to cause inflammation in the body, but maybe certain food remind give brings you to good memories or certain things and makes you feel happy. And I think that will inf- oh. affect your gut microbiome at the same time. Bingo. So, yes. You know, and you're speaking about moderation and you're a mom, you get this. We can't, you know, my kids shopping cart is just abysmal. They, they like their chips and cookies too, but it is, we're trying to be moderation. And you've touched on something so powerful that food is social and also has good memories. And sometimes it, you know, a lot of people want to say it's only the food. If I can control it with food, No, like you said, there's stress. What are our thoughts thinking? And if it becomes a battle in your family over food, that's, that's negating any of the healing properties, you know, that's very true. What kind of thoughts? Yeah. What do you, what have you come across with your own parenting and how you learned through functional medicine? Did you change at all? Um, I, my, my kids think I, uh, my daughter, my older one, she thinks I became more busy because I'm trying to learn a lot of more things. So I'm, (laughs) but I'm, She's to think I have less time with them, but I'm trying to give quality time. Uh, of course, um, you know, food wise, I'm now more conscious of what should I give, what should I do. But you know what? I, what I what I, at the end of the day, I tell them, okay, I tell my son, okay, you can have your M and M, but you first you finish your broccoli, yes, <laughs> and your your salad. So eat your salad, your broccoli, and your piece of. And then we started, you know, now the negotiations about the fish and yes. the seafood. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I feel like you and I should have our own separate support group on moms that are functional doctors, because for me, it is, it's picking battles because I can't, now that they're old enough, some of them can go drive and get their own food. I can't control what they eat. So, so we try to talk about maybe intermittent fasting might be a good idea to try, you know, and things like that to change, you know, how your cells speak to each other. It's so funny. It's very true. (laughs) Goodness. And yes, and it is about quality time. As, as you know, when you're running your own business, you're making creative things happen. You're passionate about those things. And even if we can't spend hours of time with our kids, they're seeing that spark in their mom again as, wow, that's different. You know, she has an identity outside the family unit, which is exciting because she's helping people across the world. Um, and I, I am with you there. I try to compress like a zip drive as much as I can of my quality time with my kids. What's one of your favorite things that you like to do with your kids? Uh, besides going to Disney. Yes. <laughs> no, no, I, um, I try, uh, one of the favorite thing we play tennis. Wow. So when I started putting my kids into tennis lessons, I met the coach and said, why can't I do this? So I told her, so I told the, I asked the coach if she have availability on my day off. She said, yes. And that's how it started. And now we play games against each other. My daughter is, my daughter, of course, is much better than me because she's now in a competitive tennis team. But uh, yeah, my older daughter, my, uh, I can still, you know, 
get away with my middle daughter. My young son is still, he's just learning. But uh, one of the fun things I feel so, um, so gifted about or so grateful when I play with them tennis. That's beautiful. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's a great activity. I admire yeah. that. I've tried. I, I, you're, you're inspiring me, Marwa, because I'm thinking Thank maybe you. I should try again. I, I'm one that has never been gifted with sports, so I tend to do solo activities. Me but me you did right, and you did this. You did this on your own. You said I want to do an activity with my kids, and that's a great activity lifelong. You see people on the tennis courts when they're retired. I think that's a beautiful choice, and it's yes. not a lot of equipment, which is nice. <laughs> Yes, and I was able to make uh, friends. We yeah. made friends through tennis, and we we had a completely like a, an, a second life through. You know, every time you learn, you get a new life. That's how I see it. That's so another I, gem quote. Every time you learn, you get a new life. That's beautiful. Yes. yes. Um, so when I um, taught my kids piano, we have this beautiful sound in the house, and we have this amazing teacher, and we started going with the group of the piano and this and that. And when I learned functional medicine, I now surrounded by a lot of amazing, gifted, same-minded, that people who push my mindset way ahead. Right. Like get me, push me out of my comfort zone, get me, you know, are helping me to find myself as a person. I and, and now, uh, you know, uh, learning tennis introduced me to new people, new friends, new games, kids and it's fun. It's fun. Families playing tennis. It's amazing. Learning a new language. When I learned, um, you know, I, I was thankful that my father put me in an in English school. So I got that. So this, this made me be available to, I mean, able to immigrate to the U.S. right away. I mean, I didn't have to learn the language. And learning Spanish opened to me a whole new world. Increased my chances of getting, acquiring more patients. Um, my communications with the patients, I don't need translation. Um, you know, it, it's, it's when you learn um, a language, you, you can read the literature of that language with a different mind. You, there's Amazing. always a barrier, you know, there's a, so, right. so every time you learn something, you acquire a new life. I totally agree. That is inspirational, Marwa. I'm going to carry and marinate on that lesson for a bit because what I'm finding is you're exemplifying being a door opener. I mean, the more you say yes and learn, you're opening your world. And I think that's something we all could really, you know, try to emulate. That's so many of us feel like we have no choices. And I think sometimes we get stuck in our narrative that everything is hard and there aren't many opportunities, but look at you, you're choosing to open doors and saying each one I learn each new task or new thing I learn, I make new friends. I have a new life. I have more opportunity. And I think that's a little dose of inspiration that we all could use for sure. Thank you. <laughs> oh my goodness. This Thank has you. been a joy. I feel like we could talk for hours. Um, I really, I'm excited and you've been so wonderful in the Catalyst studio with all of our other Catalyst mentees. Um, it's been really fun to co-create the future of healthcare. And I am excited to watch all the things you're doing. I know if listeners are listening, whether from Egypt or New Jersey, or New York, where can they find you? Talk to me a little bit about the services that you offer. Uh, so I'm in the final steps of, uh, um, you know, completing my website, which is going to be holisticmedicalpyramid.com. Uh, I wanted Love. to summarize my journey in medicine, uh, being a holistic provider and being mainly a medical doctor and the pyramid, because uh, that's where I came from. 
beautiful. <laughs> Love it. So I was, that's where I was born. So um, that's, uh, we're in the final steps of uh, finishing our website. And um, I'm going to share, once it's done in the next few weeks, I'm going to share that on social media. The reason I decided to do that is because I want to be reachable for people, no matter where they are or where I am. Wonderful. So, uh, so people can click a button, get in there, can see me, can schedule um, a consult with me and so forth. Uh, Wonderful. We're trying now to figure how I can do group visits here in Egypt mm-hmm. through Zoom. So, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> so, we're gonna, Zoom. so this is my next project is doing the group visits uh, in Egypt too. Wonderful. Um, yeah, I, I love the world. So I want to open up to the world. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> You're a legend. You. You are, I admire you oh, so much. Thank you so I much. admire you so much. And I'm grateful for knowing you. I feel like there's so much synergy. I learned so much from everything you're doing and we're all better for it. Um, I'll make sure that we have all of your website in the show notes. And if you're listening, feel free to connect with Dr. Marwa. Um, she is just a firecracker. You'll really enjoy her. And it's been a pleasure, Marwa. Thank um, you. Thank you so much for being one of the founding members of our Catalyst Studio. It's just been growing and it's been such a fun and delight to see you all the time. And I hope you have a great day in your beautiful Egyptian weather out there. So nice and balmy. <laughs> thank um, and thank thanks you. again. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so I want to thank you, Laura, because um, you are one of the people who also inspired me to make change and get out of my comfort zone. And um, really knowing you is a pleasure. Thank oh. you so much. Well, thank and you. And I wish you can come and visit us here. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm keeping notes for sure. You bet. You bet. Um, you are for, for, also for our listeners, I'm sorry. For our listeners, I spend a lot of time in the U.S. too. So I'm always mm-hmm. traveling between the two places. So I'm always available in the tri-state area for uh, half of the year at the same time here. Uh, I am trying to, as much as I can, live my dream life. You are. That's another thing I love. You're living it on your own terms. I remember when you decided, you know, I'm going to move to Egypt. And I thought, this is fantastic. You are a fierce femme who just said, you know, I'm going to live life on my own terms. And that's what life is for. You're creating your own masterpiece of a work-life masterpiece that you're painting each stroke as it goes and you're reinventing what you would love. So we all can take a cue from you that there are doors that can be opened, that there are new lives that we can lead and we can all catalyze our own new future. And thank you, Dr. Marwa. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for having me. It's really an honor. Absolutely. And thank you to all our listeners and catch us next time on the Catalyst Podcast. Have a great day and keep coloring outside the lines.